Hey guys, just a quick heads up. This podcast episode is not kid friendly. We are actually talking about sex today. So if you have any kids with an earshot, if you're listening to this in your house or in the car, you may want to pause it and listen to it a bit later. Other than that, we hope this content blesses you and here we go. Okay, so we got a big question here. How do you know, truly, how do you know if you have a flourishing sex life? Hmm. I mean, it's really. A good, it's a good title. Yeah, so. Uh, and a good question. <laughs> yeah, well, and the title of this, and I, the title of this podcast is Experiencing Each Other to the Glory of God. So to glorify God, we believe, is the chief end of man. Mm -hmm. So we're wondering, how do we glorify God in this area of sex, sex and how do we flourish in this area in a way that glorifies God and in turn gives us more satisfaction than we could have ever imagined. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. That was a good intro. Sorry, oh, I think really? I was a bit distracted. I was just kind of adding on here and there, so I'm you sorry. You, you, this is always a you tough topic rank, for us. You kind of me in, though. I know. It's a tougher topic for us. I, You know I struggle with it just because I don't... I want to be transparent and, and vulnerable with people to help them, but I don't want to be like rehashing crime scenes with people. You know, it's well, kind there's of like a difference between being like helpful and transparent, yeah. but also there's things that are transparently private. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we'll share what we can, but this is so it's never going to be still our marriage, <laughs> right? It's still, and that's one of the one of the aspects of yes. a healthy sex life is it's it's intentionally and exceedingly mm -hmm. private. Yes. It's just between you and me. And so anyway, that, but with that said, we still, I think there's a lot of room for us to talk through these, these topics because mm -hmm. it's actually been probably three or four months since we've addressed sex directly on the podcast. Seems like it's been not that long, but time flies, man. Time does You're fly. You're having fun. Yeah, time does fly. And it's important. Uh, I think it's important for us to speak truth into this area mm -hmm. and to let God's word, um, above all else, bear weight on this area in our mm -hmm. own marriage, but other marriages. And so here we are talking about how do we, how do we know and how do we cr create, if we can create, a flourishing sex life. I think God has given us the ability to to influence that part of our marriage. So yeah, we'll talk about that. But first, a little bit of housekeeping, like we always do. If you haven't yet, please do take five seconds and leave a star rating in iTunes or Spotify or whatever your streaming app of choice is. That would mean the world to us. It's a little way of returning the favor if this content has helped you uh, in any way. If you have a little bit more time, a review would also be Super helpful. Uh, secondly, if you want to join arms with us and be a, become a partner, you can do that now through patreon.com slash fierce marriage. We have a few different tiers there that allow passionate listeners to um, become complicit in what God is doing mm. uh, through this thing that's called fierce marriage. Um, we're so blessed to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And finally, if you have any questions, we actually are going to answer some questions today. Yeah, it's been a while since we've answered a few questions, yeah. and we got some, we've got some good ones in the queue, so here we go. So here we go. If you have any questions, <laughs> you can ask questions, and if we can, we'll try to answer it. We're going to do, I think, a, a broad There's sweeping some, episode yeah. where we just answer a bunch of questions, I yes, think. Yes, and just a little, I think, hmm. tease about the questions today. Yeah. One, of them, one of them is um, a, a wife asking how to... How do you Just say, say it? it? 
she can't have an orgasm. And oh, she's trying wow. to figure out how to do that. Okay, we're gonna tackle that. And it's a it's a it's a common question. It is a common question. And, and she's got a really sweet way of saying it, yep. but she's essentially essentially just trying to figure that out. And I think they're newly married, so yep. anyway, and then there's any, another converse, another question, but we'll just leave you well, there. Yeah, we'll leave it there. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you have any questions to add to that nine seven one three 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 eleven twenty, you can call or text that line. We would advise you to not do either while driving. <laughs> FCC notice or whatever. Seriously. <laughs> okay, so. Use uh, your heads, people. To get us warmed up. To get us warmed up. We're going to do highs and lows again. We did those uh, last week. Um, but we Well, really... we did heart check, too. But that episode got, got canned because of the audio quality. And then we did highs and lows because we didn't have time enough to do it <laughs> on the second recording. Um, so we're going to do it again here because we have a lot to talk about. And we want to make sure we don't uh, spend too much time before we actually get to the topic at hand. So highs and lows. What's your high and low? My... <clears throat> Excuse me, my low is probably this little like head cold we've all mm. been passing around. You know, it's winter here in the Pacific Northwest, and it's making its rounds. Yep, just keeps coming round over and round and, and over round again. And round. So I think my voice is a little bit more sultry today. Mm, um, I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and my high. Uh, I think we have had... a mutual high. Okay. Well, I've had a high though. You can share yours later. It's okay. my turn. You got a really good high right now. Is that what you're telling me? No. It's not that kind of podcast, <clears throat> Not right? that kind of podcast, people. Um, no, we've had, uh, I'd just say the girls and I have had a pretty good week uh, with school at home, and it's been rewarding and clarifying for me. Sometimes I think it's hard to jump back into stuff. We did some stuff over Christmas break, and it's, you know, it's, we try to keep it creative and fun and interactive, and, you know, they kind of are learning, but not knowing they're sitting there learning, right? That's part of the, one of the beauties, I think, of homeschooling, mm. so... Um, we've just been jumping back into it and Della's just been a champ and super excited about it. And Emmy just is distracting and wonderful mm. and joining in as much as she can. So I feel like that's just, yeah. it's not when it's good, man, it's good. Yeah. I, my high <clears throat> is that's also really cool, but we had community group last night and oh, yeah. one of our good friends or a friend of, from the group is, uh, has been very sick and she, her and her husband were actually able to come last night after Canc- being in the yeah, she like has stage cancer, four cancer stage four and she was in the hospital we thought we were going to lose her the doctors thought they were going to lose her last week and she she has more color she's able to eat she's walked and <clears throat> sitting up and standing up and it was really fun though because the husband was able to come as well and him and i kind of share an affinity for uh, uh craft distilling <laughs> so he brought this incredible bourbon that he loves and we, you know in moderation we enjoyed it with some really good i was able to cook some uh, tri-tip mm-hmm. which is awesome and it was just it's it, just it, sharing for, a really good meal in all ways really it felt like it, yeah, yeah it felt like a celebration mm. and i i love so i cooked probably like 12 pounds <laughs> of beef we got a big community group there's a lot of people there <laughs> and it felt like giving a gift to these people that we just love mm-hmm. and it was it was so fulfilling for me <clears throat> in a really selfish way to do that for them and then to watch people enjoy it and anyway it was a lot of fun it was great and so that was a high i can't think of a low off the top of my head oh goodness yeah having to re-record this episode this last week's that was episode your low? <laughs> it was, last weekend this yes. week because <laughs> <laughs> that because we recorded that episode like two days ago <laughs> it hasn't worn off yet <laughs> the uh. sting is still there yeah that's funny yeah but all things are good marriage wise right there some of our some some weeks our lows are like we had a huge fight or i was a big idiot and i did you know i said some things i shouldn't have said but Mm -hmm. i think uh, god's been gracious and uh we're in a good healthy spot at the moment and that's Mm -hmm. good and uh yeah 
Until you moment. mess up again. You just wait. I'm just waiting <laughs> for the bomb to drop. Just waiting for those emotions to bubble good, to the top. Good biblical <laughs> for that. love and communication. You know, happening. I like to bottle it up. I like stuff, to bottle stuff, it all stuff. up to stuff it down and let it explode once oh, in a while, you man. know? It's healthy communication. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, jumping into to this um, episode and the discussion is some of the, you know, we want to know, how do you know if you're having, mm. if you have a good or flourishing sex life? How do you know that you're, as a Christian, how do you know this? And how do we define this? Yeah. Well, okay. So flourishing. You shared last week. Well, I think that was the first episode that got deleted. Yeah, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> That's why I'm I'll, telling I'm just going to talk about it. So flourishing is this idea. It, flourishing is a human state of like ultimate, um, what's the word? It's, it's, you're flourishing. You're, you're thriving in right. every way. And that is, I think, what we're all going for. And some people will define flourishing as I feel happy, I feel fulfilled, mm-hmm. I feel, you know, I've got, you know, there's growth happening, uh, I've got good prospects on the horizon, there's hope, there's joy, there's peace. That's flourishing. And I want to, I kind of want to button that down a little bit and actually been reading a book by Andy Crouch, and that's what Selena was alluding to. It's called Strong and Weak. It's, we're do, doing some research for our next book that we're writing. So I'm looking at this. Kind of the concept of vulnerability mm-hmm. and how that correlates to the health of an individual and the health of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And Andy does a really good job of of he he. So many times we will dichotomize these ideas mm-hmm. of okay, you can either be vulnerable or you can be what what he calls you authoritative. Mm. And a lot of times we see that if you, you can't, it's hard for me to show it verbally only. Well, just think of a horizontal line, Think right? of a horizontal line. On, on the left side, you have authoritative. And on the right side, you have vulnerable, vulnerability. And somewhere, you know, the, the thing, so like if we're going to be good parents, we either have to be vulnerable with them and let them express their emotions or, and we'll create potentially children that are unruly, or we have to be authoritative and crush their spirit, and crush their spirit <laughs> right? And he said, well, that's a false dichotomy. It's more appropriately thought of as a matrix where you've got vulnerable on the up and down and authority on the left and right, or you can juxtapose those. I think maybe he had authority on the up and right, up and down, vulnerable on the left and right. And the, t- and the best place to be is vulnerable and authority. Now, authority is one of those words that will rub you the wrong way. What he means by authority is the capacity for meaningful action. So I, I like the word agency for that yeah, as opposed to authority, because if you have agency, then you have the capacity for meaningful action. Mm. So if you're, if you're able to um, exercise agency while also being vulnerable, he, he posits that that's the best place for human flourishing to happen. Mm. If you have agency without vulnerability, you have tyranny. If you have vulnerability without agency, you have suffering. If you have not, neither, you have withdrawal personally. Hmm. So anyway, that's how we're defining flourishing. And it's always in light of our chief end, which is to glorify God. Mm. We flourish because God has allowed us to flourish. And we flourish by being on mission with with Jesus, responding to the Great Commission. We flourish by loving God and loving others. So how does that translate into our sex life? I think that's that's the question we're trying to answer that's today. That's the question we're we're jumping into today. Yeah. But I think before, you know, as we do that, we wanted to look at kind of society's view of of sex because sometimes seeing seeing the dark makes the the light shine brighter. Right. And so um 
we're looking at, at you, you wanted to talk about Freud's son well, and Freud did a number on society, yes. Sigmund Freud. And yeah. he, you know, he talked a lot about human sexuality and the different, um, you know, ways that that impacts our behavior in society and right. the ways it affects how we love our spouses and love our parents and, mm-hmm. or, and, and our parents. And then I don't think he was, <laughs> I, I think he, a lot of his ideas have been debunked mm-hmm. still. I think that the ideas he still had a permeated. heavy influence on, yeah, yeah our beliefs and how we operate. And... Yeah. They started to permeate society and I, I, anybody with a Christian worldview can, I think get on board with the idea that society's view of sex is pretty skewed and pretty mm-hmm. messed up. And mm-hmm. I think we have a hard time nailing that down. I think the clearest example of that in our own life is, well, I won't say clearest, but one of the examples that comes to mind is we used to love watching that show. You used New Girl. to, I did a little bit. I just didn't get into it probably enough, but well, I didn't okay. watch it enough. So New Girl is the show that I don't even know. We watched it on Netflix or whatever. Um, we're and, not promoting it. We're just saying this is something we Well, love. it's funny. It's really <laughs> yeah, witty writing. The actors are amazing. One-liners and stuff they, in there. But the problem is, mm-hmm. and this is why we stopped wa- watching it, is because they always are talking about sex. Like, it, it's like everything in the show revolved around who's going to sleep with who. And our, you know, and they, they had these little side plots, but it always had to do with relationships. And the relationships were always based on... Oh, we, we just met and let's, and I, and I had sex with him and it was, and, and these, and this is the girl talking and the women are always like way infatuated with having sex and they're always scandalously dressed. I feel like in some ways, well, yeah, but... and they always talk about how like they're just these minxes in mm-hmm. the bedroom and that's the view that the world has of sex. And it's got like, it's condemning it, to women, but it's like empowering. And so it's condemning and empowering. I feel like in the wrong ways. Yeah. And it, if that makes sense. Well, the whole relationship is predicated with right, sex right. and it's the whole point of the relationship is this, if the sex isn't good, then why are you even together? Right. And it's the whole show's about it <laughs> and they're all talking about it and yeah. their careers revolve around it, I feel like. And it's, if they sex don't get it, the then, then they sex act is, differently. Yep. So sex is the God and yeah. we, they have turned. So the reason why is a, is a deep psychological thing. We could go into this, but essentially it boils down to. Tim Keller described this, uh, this it's actually, he actually wrote a paper, I think it's called the gospel and sex. And he talked about nice. three different, I know, right. <laughs> you can have clear titles like that when you're Tim Keller. I know. <laughs> um, he talked about these three kind of pervasive worldviews around this idea, uh, around sex. And the first one is sexual Platonism, which is basically the idea that sex is carnal and it's a distraction from greater, higher intellectual and spiritual pursuits. Right. So if you were raised in the church, your parents probably felt this way because it's okay. The sexual it's pretty general. Yeah, it's pretty generational. Like it is back in the day. It was it was more widespread in belief, I believe. I think if you were born uh, anytime like between the b- before the 50s or the yeah. 40s, yeah, probably the 40s, really, mm-hmm. you are more prone to to have this be your default position. Mm-hmm. No pun intended <laughs> on sex Platonism in that it is inherently kind of evil mm-hmm. inherently kind of gross mm-hmm. uh inherently a lower pursuit in that it will only distract you from intellectual things and actual flourishing mm-hmm. right so then what happened in the 60s you had the sexual revolution we talked about sigmund freud well his his uh nephew edward bernays was a was a pr person that was actually a, a big force in the culture for creating this idea that sex should be more of an expression of, of a woman's agency in particular. Mm-hmm. And you see the sexual revolution take care. He wasn't the only player. He was a big one. Um, start. And then all of a sudden our views of sex began to change. Mm-hmm. And then you have these other worldviews show up 
And it's you've got Platonism as the first one, and then you've got where are they? Realism, realism, and romanticism. Yeah, where realism is is you know you go back into Greco-Roman civilization, and it just it emphasizes the physicality of sex. Um, right. So sex, you look back at Greek society, yeah. and there's a lot of naked statues. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there was right. a lot like there it, there were there's a lot of homosexuality there, and there's a lot of exploitation sexually. It's if it feels right, do it kind of thing. Yes. That's the, Yes. The tagline there. So that there's kind of a resurgence. So mm-hmm. the prudishness of the 50s and the 40s is being sloughed off in the mm-hmm. 60s and the 70s by this idea of sexual realism. Well, that ended up birthing a, a new movement, which is sexual um, romanticism, mm-hmm. which, again, nothing's new under the sun, right? These right. aren't new ideas that are new to society just in the last few decades. Uh, it's just kind of a resurgence of what versions of sin people have held right. onto in right. ages past. Yep. But sexual romanticism is this idea that sex can um, is like an ultimate fulfillment. If I'm sexually fulfilled or it becomes a, a source of identity and personal satisfaction on a deep soul level, mm-hmm. right? If I, if our sex, so if I'm a sexual romanticist. You see sex as a means for self-actualization like right. and a source of, like you said, personal fulfillment. Right. So it, if, it's, it's the only, it's like the way to be happy in life. And so that's therefore where your we're at. world should revolve around. I feel like that's where we're at. That's what, Culturally. Yeah. 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 That's where this, you know, talking about millennials, they get a bad rap and Gen X and all those different, whatever the new ones are. I don't know the new after the millennials, what that <laughs> generation is called. Uh, but they, it, we have this view that, hey, if, if we don't have a good sex life, then I can't have a good relationship. Right. right. Or I'm not a good person. Or There's a lot that weighs in on, on the sex aspect of a relationship, you know, and yeah. that's, I think that's why God's reserved the act of sex for the marriage bedroom mm. is because there's so much that is, there's so much involved with a person. Your whole soul is involved in the act of sex. And if we think, if we limit, if we reduce it to being carnal or purely physical, which is what happens and tends to happen, yeah. but then we put all this like emotional weight on it of an identity of who we are and if you know do do people love us because does does my man love me because of this like that it's totally skewed it's it's a broken system walking into it right and so you end up striving and fighting for something and the the target's elusive because you'll never find your identity it doesn't matter how good your sex life is you're just gonna it's you're just gonna realize it's empty as well yes yes uh so i actually i made a i don't know if it's a mistake or a good thing but i ended up (laughs) i I was like okay i want to see if there's any sort of research around this, how do you know if you've got a good sex life in the world? And of course the f- there's research. <laughs> <laughs> research, we use that term lightly. <laughs> All right. I, these, there's these people out there, apparently, and they're like sex therapists, and they are... Yes, like these, se- even if you've heard of sex therapists. Oh, yeah, but, they're, but in the worldly sense, they're, like, they make livings like, uh, on coaching people on how to have a f- more fulfilling sex life. Right. But aside from the gospel, it makes me laugh so hard because okay. they're like, the, the tips are just so vapid. Yeah. So one of them, the very first one, I'm not kidding, the very first point that I read, and they're like, this is how you know you have a sec- uh, a good, healthy sex life. Can you guess what it was? Uh... You'll never guess it. <laughs> okay. Then because why are you it's so me? counterintuitive and so ridiculous. They said... You have multiple and, orgasms or something? No, I don't know. it's you masturbate a lot. Oh, okay. Okay, right? <laughs> so I'm just thinking, what in the world? How... What kind of back backwoods logic are they using <laughs> to come up with this stuff? And it had to do solely with the idea that kind of beget more begets more type of thing. Like right. if you are priming that pump, again, no pun intended, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hard to talk about. It's really <laughs> difficult. Is. Difficult to talk it's about. The, sex. Yeah. So if the, it, the more you kind of you you whet your appetite for yeah. sex, the more you're going to want them. The more fulfilling. Well, it is. and if you follow those ideas down to the roots, they're obviously rooted in like the realism aspect and right, the romanticism. Here, like, and that's why the romantic like people don't take it deeper because right. look at the research they around just pornography say it addiction. And they believe it, and that's we need to be so much more thorough about what we believe. And look at okay, true. But to counterpoint this this first point on this ridiculous article that mm-hmm. I read, and look at the research around uh, pornography addiction and how men create neural pathways yeah. Yeah. that it, it makes them impotent, makes them sexually impotent down the line wow. because they can't they, they have a hard time even finding their wife or being aroused with their wife because they've just basically muted these pathways so much or they've required they require so much stimulation oh, man. that they can't that they can't even right. enjoy their wife. So there's a lot of trouble around this area. Right. So, so I think it's safe to say that that is not how you create a flourishing sex life. Right. That's not how you right. cultivate a flourishing sex life. Right. And God has been pretty clear. I feel like in the Bible about, you know, what the purposes of sex are for, right. And how to flourish sex. It's good. And it's for a flourishing in marriage. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sultry voice here. Well, um, let me jump in because okay. I think he's clear if you go in looking for it and, you, and you're biblically literate, okay. which a lot of our listeners are, but a lot of them maybe don't feel as biblically literate around this. Sure. And so here's, let's just be clear. Which we are, we're, I have very, I have many biblical illiteracies. So just put that oh, out yes. there. <laughs> we've studied this because we're the marriage and like we, writers right, and bloggers and, and podcasters. Right, and we've and things on it. So. so this is actually coming from our book, Fierce Marriage. Mm-hmm. It, well, we've, we've, we're borrowing parts out of that book to talk about it here today. But the purposes of sex, well, what does God, I think the question is, how does God view sex? Mm -hmm. Therefore, how are we to view sex? And God's view of sex is that it's good Mm -hmm. and it's for our flourishing within marriage, Mm -hmm. right? It's not something that, it's not something to be wielded lightly. Right. It's an important part of marriage. It's not everything in marriage, but it's an important part of marriage. And hear this, it's an important part of, of humankind. It's an important part of our fulfilling our purposes as people made in the image of God. Right. So we talk about that at great length in the book and, and the three basic ones, when you started talking about those, why don't you just list those really fast? Um, the three purposes of sex that, uh, we've listed out yeah. in the book is to multiply in Genesis one twenty eight, go forth, multiply, say it like you mean it. <laughs> <laughs> multiply. Yeah. So go Genesis one twenty eight. Yeah. Those are the, one of the first directives that God gave Adam and Eve. Right. Um, and then unity. So in Ephesians, we see Ephesians five twenty eight twenty nine, which we all are very aware of in the marriage space. In the same way, husbands love your wife. You should love your wives. Let's try that as again. Christ loved the church. Yes. No. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Mm. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Right, and he talks about, therefore, the two became one flesh, right? Well, we're getting to that. Points us to the gospel is the third point in Genesis 2.24, where a, a husband or a, a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, and the two become one flesh. And this is signifying, and um, again, Tim Keller helps us understand the the unity and rapturous like oneness that happens when mm. you're having sex. That's only a hint of like the unity um, right. And rapturousness that we will experience with God. Well, and it's a sense of like, you are completely <clears throat> vulnerable to me, completely yep. known, blemishes and all, imperfections and all, and still I love and accept and right. want you. Right, right. And that, that points us to the gospel. Because when you feel 
when you feel vulnerable and then you feel loved, you feel that's that's the gospel. Yeah. When you know that you need Jesus and mm. you run to him and he is there waiting for you, that's the gospel. Mm. And so sex is a picture of that in the right context and with the right heart motivation behind it. Now, the world now this isn't part of the script for today, but the worldly view is you better be fit. You better do what I want you to do. You better please me how I want you to please me, or I'm going to be unhappy with you. And therefore right. I'm not going to love you as much. Right. And if you do that long enough, our relationship's going to fall apart. So oh, good luck. Man, that's so much pressure. Right. Outside. Man, the marriage covenant <laughs> looks pretty good right now. <laughs> looks pretty good. Oh. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why you see, you know, married couples that are married for decades mm-hmm. and as, as gross as it is to hear, <laughs> They're like, well, our sex life is better than ever. Yeah. And you're like, it, okay, gross is not the right word. It's a little bit like, it's it's alarming to hear that. <laughs> I'm really happy for them. But I just don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I don't want to hear about anybody else's sex life. But I'll talk about ours to our own grandkids. Not in detail, but just in gross ways. <laughs> How is not in detail and gross well, ways different? Well, you just, all you got to do is mention it just a little bit. <laughs> Like, sorry, we slept in. We were busy. Oh gosh! And then they'll, they'll yeah, they'll draw. They'll conclusions. run out of the room. <laughs> Hopefully, and then eventually celebrate at some point. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, all right. Too far. Getting um, back, reeling it back in. Um. So these getting back to those God created sex. It's good. It's for the flourishing of our marriage. It's for His glory. Mm. Um. There's purposes in it. God. God has. God is a God of order, and He has purpose in his order and reserving sex for the marriage covenant right. in order for us to multiply, to become unified and to be reminded of the unity within the gospel and the, the unconditional love that it yeah, the gospel signifies. Itself. Absolutely. Uh, these are kind of the purposes that we've been diving into all with the understanding of, you know, how, how are we flourishing in our sex life or do we have a flourishing sex life? Okay. And then, so that's a picture of it. So we're, we've, We've shown what flourishing looks like. Mm-hmm. We've started to talk about what a flourishing sex life looks like in contrast to kind of the false sense of flourishing that we get from different worldviews on mm-hmm. sex. So hopefully you're able to see your own and map yeah, your own thought? sexual like perspective and your own sexual experience and mm-hmm. your sexual attitudes in your marriage. Now we want to talk about how to begin cultivating a flourishing sex life that's built around thriving and intentional habits and uh, diagnosing and kind of looking objectively at your mm. own experience, your own behavior. Yeah. So this is not an all-encompassing uh, discussion, okay? The, the, the hope here is to give you some ways forward if mm-hmm. you're struggling in this area, or s- even if you're not struggling, if you're having a great time, give you some way f- <laughs> ways forward to grow even. Right. Because what we found, we've been married 15 years at this point, and we've been having sex for 15 years at this point mm-hmm. since our wedding night, <laughs> and... It's just getting better and better. Mm-hmm. It really is. And But life is not getting easier. Mm-hmm. Life is getting more chaotic. Mm-hmm. And we're getting older. Our wrinkles are getting more pronounced and defined. Mine are. Yours aren't. You've you got a perfect little wrinkleless face. <laughs> not little. Average-sized face. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, that, but it's getting better, right? So one thing that we you need to kind of – we want to encourage you listeners to remember is that this is something that you'll be growing in till the day to the day one of you dies. Mm-hmm. You'll be growing in, in your intimacy together because sex is about experiencing each other, back to our title, experiencing your spouse to the glory of God. Mm. 
right? So how can we get to a place of experiencing each other? And it takes some in- intentionality mm-hmm. around a few principles. Now, I just want to take a quick detour into this idea of behavioral psychology, right? There's And there's a lot of stuff going on with behavioral psychology. I'm not a psychologist. Your we dad are- is, though. So does that qualify you? <laughs> Just My kidding. dad is. That was a fun <laughs> childhood. <laughs> how like are you really feeling? There. How are you really feeling, Ryan? I just want. I just Le- told you. I just want to play with Legos. <laughs> Get out of my room, Dad. God. <laughs> Give me back my Pearl Jam CD. Oh yeah. Uh, that was my childhood. <laughs> um, so, th- so around behavioral psychology and creating habits, there's some, and this came from a app that we use. It's called Lasting, and um, we're going to encourage you at the end on how we're going to show you how to try that out uh, for free and all that good stuff. It's been really helpful for us, but it's um, this idea of creating habits. So, if so, if you're a programmer, you know this. If not, then if you've ever used an Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> you might know this. It's if then triggers, right? So mm-hmm. if this, then that. Mm-hmm. So if this trigger happens, then a behavior should ensue, right? And so in order to create a habit, you need triggers and you need behaviors to happen over a period of time Mm -hmm. to create that habit. So for instance, and and in order to enact a new behavior or new habit, you need three things. You need ability, desire, or motivation. You need a trigger, like we said before, to create that new behavior in your marriage. So we can talk about the ability, right? Mm -hmm. The ability piece. Mm -hmm. Your sex life may be uh, you, if, if you're looking at your own sex life and you're thinking, you oh, know, there's more to be had, where's that, where's the bottleneck there? Are we even capable of doing it? So like if you have young kids and mm-hmm. you realize you don't have any private time together, mm-hmm. you may not have the ability time-wise right. to actually do more of the it. The deed. <laughs> do more of the dirt. <laughs> Dirty deeds. <laughs> Done dirt. <laughs> um, Goodness. Yeah, that's a bad time for that song. So if you don't have enough time around this uh, to, to make this happen, then that maybe is affecting your ability. If you have some sort of emotional hardship or you've ever had trauma in this area, that could be affecting your ability right, to, right. to to engage be, and be yeah. together. Absolutely. So I don't mean to gloss over that. And that's so... Those are big it, things to consider mm-hmm. when you're you're embarking on this this journey of, you know, diagnosing your, your sex life with your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things considered. Um, and it's okay to bring in... <clears throat> And help, you know, or if you're a guy who's who is either currently addicted or previously addicted Mm -hmm. to pornography, your ability may be affected by what we talked about earlier, those neural pathways, and that you find it really hard to be aroused and satisfied Mm -hmm. by anything less than what you're used to. Right. And so your ability, there's going to need to be some rewiring there, some reprogramming of your neural pathways Mm -hmm. for you to get there. So anyway, the ability piece is complex. It's complicated in some cases, and it might take time. Mm -hmm. But the first step is always identifying that ability as a part of it. Uh, The second part, the desire and the motivation, these kind of go hand in hand, because if you've experienced trauma, your motivation may not be there, and therefore the ability is not there. So I think in in kind of a vacuum, you might say, okay, I'm able to have sex. Mm -hmm. We're able to have sex as a couple. So that ability piece is done. Do we have the motivation to do it? Sometimes. To do it. Yeah. Sometimes. Some, some more than others. Right. 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 Um, and, and if you don't have that motivation, then that usually that's an indication of some sort of emotional, um, you know, there's something missing there an emotional intimacy on the wife's side or on the husband's side. You mm-hmm. might feel, you don't feel appreciated <clears throat> or you don't feel connected. 
uh, you don't feel emotionally close to each other. So, mm-hmm. so the desire is just not there because sex is not just about physical need. Now, sometimes it is about physical need. And we've talked about that, mm-hmm. I think, in the Spectrum of Sex episode mm-hmm. a few weeks back or yeah. a few months back. Listen to that one. Uh, we talk about um, establishing those those expectations around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if those two are there, then all you need at that point is you need a prompt, a reminder, or a trigger. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Again, we talked about this in the spectrum of sex episode, but for us, we have our triggers are pretty helpful. Yeah. In that we know at certain periods in the week, it's when it's right about when we know it's time to make time for this. Right, right. Um, I don't know. Establishing those, those, the frequency and the rhythms of what works for us in our schedule and knowing that me being aware of your needs, you know, as a man and then. As a woman, uh, also my needs and emotionally and physically mm-hmm. and just taking all those into consideration. So Now, unfortunately, triggers can come in bad forms as well. Mm-hmm. So I spend most of my time online working, you know, posting things like podcasts and blog posts <laughs> and um, on a computer. pictures. And-, <laughs> and there's a lot of triggers there that, that I could be in totally in the zone working and all of a sudden, boom. And it doesn't even have to be a super you know, a super offensive image. It could just be something that's innocuous, but it creates a trigger. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm thinking about sex now and I don't need to be thinking about, <laughs> se- I need to be thinking about other things. Right. And so at that point I have a, it's a self-control thing, right? Mm-hmm. I just have to like, you know, block whatever. I, I use all the ad blockers I can find. Mm-hmm. Ads are almost never helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also just talk really transparently with Selena and try to, um, just walk through that. Just refocus on yeah. work as quickly as I can. Yeah, um, yeah. So those triggers, all that has to be in place to create this new habit. And then you create a habit over a period of time mm-hmm. by doing, by allowing those three the space to actually create the new behavior consistently. Right. And don't gloss over, I think, that period of time because I think we try it three times and we're like, well, nothing changed, you know. So definitely yeah. give it some time, some months. I mean, change takes a long time. It takes weeks. Yeah, so it's a long time. Research but shows, it's good and there's there's... Yeah fulfillment and flourishing to be experienced yes on the other side of that so i don't want to paint this like dark picture of these are hard things that you have to do these are just yeah there's some action of response that we need to take but on the other side of that god is promised you know Mm. (laughs) good experience joy and fulfillment and connection amen yeah I, i posted on our instagram feed this week and it was uh the the caption said love is patient don't rush something that was designed to last forever. Mm-hmm. And love is patient. So many times we expect these changes to happen overnight or they happen over, like Selena said, over a few times of trying right. when in reality, even research will show this. Yeah. And the Bible re- has already said this. Research reinforces <laughs> what the Bible says. Right. That good things take time. Right. Trees don't grow overnight. Trees grow over years and years and years. Yep. Uh, research shows it takes between four and like 12 mm-hmm. weeks to establish right. a new habit. And it's good for those things to take that time because you look at anything that has grown too quickly, right? right. Or hasn't grown quickly enough. And there's, there's these anomalies and there's things that become problematic mm-hmm. because that system wasn't in place. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So if you're looking at your own marriage, here's, I want to be somewhat clear here. There's a few markers that we would say would indicate that you have a sexy health life. <laughs> sexy healthy sex life. I've done that That's so awesome. often. That is awesome. Do not cut that out. <laughs> healthy sex life. Okay. That's sexy health life. You know, we all want it. We all want it. 
Please don't cut that okay. out. That's and so we'll, brilliant. Okay, so if you have a healthy sex life, and these are, again, they're kind of off the cuff, but they're also kind of research-based, so just take them for what they are. Consistency. We've, yeah, we've experienced them as well. Yeah, so consistency is really important. Mm-hmm. I think knowing what to expect and when to expect it is important for any aspect for, of your relationship. <laughs> calibrating those expectations, mm-hmm. yes. Again, go back to... And being to, clear. Go look, look on our podcast feed. There's one called The Spectrum of Sex. This adds a lot more um, context, texture, to, texture it, yeah. to it. Thank you. Okay, so consistency, um, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So being open with each other. Right. Being honest and transparent about your past, about mm-hmm. your present, and where you're at. And, and actually vulnerability during, during sex yes. itself yep. so that you are uh, you're actually expressing you know, enjoyment or not enjoying it right. or you're right. and you're being open and not so self-conscious that you're not letting or experiencing the love that your spouse is giving or loving them. Right. Right. Um, and that, and then the, which another goes one goes into mutual enjoyment. Yes. Which goes into mutual enjoyment it needs to be in, enjoying and enjoyable and endearing to both. Right. Right. Never, sex should never be painful or scary mm-hmm. or degrading mm-hmm. and it should only, and it should be, uh, mutually enjoyable in mm-hmm. that your spouse's enjoyment should trump your own and their main priority should be that your enjoyment as well. So you're both in a mode of generosity. Mm-hmm. You're not taking, you're giving. Mm-hmm. That I think is the foundation of mutual enjoyment and that's a good marker for a healthy sex life. Um, mindful intimacy. This is a new term uh, for us, but mindful intimacy and it goes kind of along with the vulnerability piece, but actually being present. Mm-hmm. Saying, I'm going to be present with you here. I'm not going to be so distracted that, you know, you're doing your thing and I'm just off in la-la land thinking about something else. Right. Either. You're not just a body. <laughs> right. Or, you know, so, so sometimes, and this is a generalization, so I know there's caveats and exceptions to this, but sometimes uh, a husband can, you know, he's going off somewhere else because he's fantasizing. Mm-hmm. Right. Or a wife might be going off somewhere else because she's fantasizing or she's just like, I'll just let him finish because I'm not getting anything out of this. Right. She's off. She's thinking about her to do list. Right. 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 So mindful intimacy or being present mm. with each other um, is, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you can't, if it's hard to be present, you need to talk about why. And if it's hard to, you know, if it's difficult to enjoy each other and it's it's difficult to be consistent or vulnerable talk about that Ex- mm. you know be transparent with each other in those things and we've had those hard conversations and yeah they're not fun but it definitely grows you in terms of mm-hmm. your your intimacy and connection just emotionally and understanding each other and being able to uh vocalize and be given those words to yeah. say yeah. you know this is i'm, I'm having trouble um, being present here, mm. there's the, all these things are happening in my day and I just don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to take a few moments of, you know, let's just talk, let's figure this out and then we can jump into that or whatever, yeah. you know? And I think it, again, these are all the reasons why I feel like sex is reserved for the marriage covenant because mm. it's not just bodies coming together. It's souls, it's minds, it's your yeah. heart, it's everything that's coming together and to hinge so much on such a small thing as calling it purely like physical is wow. yeah. a, is the image of brokenness and sin, right? It's the complete image of that. It's disordered love. Yep. And and we have elevated it to a place that it is not worthy of being in. Right. Uh, only God can be in that place that provides fulfillment and happiness. And that actually, I wanted to say one more thing. And listener, if you're still here, this is the one thing I really want you to hear is that sex is not a thermostat for your marriage. It's a thermometer mm. for your marriage. It's a measure of maybe how you're doing in other areas. 
how you're doing connecting, it's never the thing that's going to fix it, right? Right. Think about a thermostat that sets the temperature in a room. A thermometer tells the temperature in a room. Mm. So it's an indicator, not something that enacts change. Right. Right. And so you you don't want to put too much weight in this. It's a small but very important part of your marriage. Yeah. Um, And uh, so anyway, so for the couples conversation challenge. We have a fun one. Uh, obviously, talk about this stuff. Talk about your expectations. Talk about uh, kind of what a frequency would be. Talk about those indicators, those markers of a healthy sex life, consistency, mm. vulnerability, mutual enjoyment, and mindful intimacy. What do those look like for you as a couple? Now, tangibly, we mentioned this app that we found. We're actually, I met this Stephen. He's the founder of this app, an mm-hmm. incredible Jesus-loving guy. The app itself isn't, it's not a devotional app. It's very uh, well-constructed around psychology. And, it, and I love how Stephen's heart because he really wants to, I don't know, he wants to see people, he wants to see relationships flourish, mm-hmm. but you'll see that when they talk about sex, they talk about it in the context of marriage. So mm-hmm. it's not a Christian app, but it's definitely got that Christian worldview like in there. Yeah, yeah. And it, so in that way, I don't have a problem talking about it. Right. But if you go to fiercemarriage.com slash lasting, you can download this app. Um, you don't have to put any codes in or anything, but try this. Try There's a seven-day free trial. Again, you don't have to pay for it, but if you do want to cancel it, make sure you do it before the seven days is up. The reason I want you to try it is because they have this module in it called Sex and Intimacy, and it will take you through a quiz. You can both download the app. And it partners and it, you. It pairs you, pairs yeah, you. <laughs> with your partner, <laughs> yeah. right, your spouse, and then you can com- uh, compare results, and then it creates these, like, uh, these mini uh, therapy sessions. That's great. So it's it's a it's a marriage counseling app is what it's marketed as. Mm. We met them in October last year. Steven's an incredible guy. Yeah. But go to fiercemarriage.com slash lasting. Download the app, install it, try that free trial. And, and I don't even think the monthly fee is all that much for the no, the the amount that you're I think getting. It's, the it's, you get, counseling that you're getting essentially okay, yeah. to help. Yeah. It's full full access for you and your spouse. It's $12 a month. So I think it's well worth it if you have $12 in your budget um, every month. I get that some people might not have that. But if you do, I think it's well worth it mm-hmm. seeing how uh, one counseling session will run you like 150 bucks. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, we, we recommend that because I do think it's a helpful app and it has actually helped me think differently in this mm-hmm. area. And here's, you know, fierce marriage guy. I've learned so fierce much. Fierce marriage guy. <laughs> hey guy. That's Don't funny. think me guy. Don't think me guy. Um, so, okay. <laughs> Try that out. Fiercemarriage.com slash lasting. All right. We have two questions. Yep. And they're pretty, they're on, they're pretty, they vary. So, um, this first one is thank you for the fierce marriage podcast. I'm walking through a devastation in my marriage with mm. infidelity. I found such joy in the reminders of hope and promise of Christ that you both exude when you talk. Uh, I feel awesome. like I'm conversing with good friends when I listen. I've only recently discovered the podcast and listened to an older one where Selena talks about memorizing scripture. I want to begin to do this, but I'm not sure where to start. Do you have any suggestions, suggestions of verses or just general helpful advice? Well, I think memorizing scripture is an incredible way to combat uh, everything that you're you're dealing with and really speaking truth and bringing mm. light into the situation. And God is so faithful and his word is so true and alive. And I think the more we, what is that? There's this proverb that's just like repetition is like the mother teacher or whatever, <laughs> like te- repetition and continual um, consistency is what really right. changes us and teaches our hearts. And so memorizing scripture is one way that we get God's truth into our yeah. hearts. And it, it is a light to our path. And you have an app that you Well, I use. do. I love memorizing scripture. I always have a different verse mm-hmm. on my lock screen on my phone. And that right. becomes kind of my theme for whatever time it's on there. And we've been teaching the girls. We've been going, we got these 
little theologian cards, tiny theologians, and they have verses on it, and we're going right. through the names of God and that kind of thing, and they're learning it through word like yeah. songs and stuff. But there's a lot of there's a lot of tools. I, I want you to talk about. I know. I'm sorry. Me. I'm sorry. I was getting letting. I was going to let you talk. Got just excited. One minute. Stop getting excited. Go gosh. ahead. Um, you talk the most on this podcast, so. Well, I kind of know a lot. So. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Uh, okay, what's the app called and why do okay, you like it? Okay, two things. I will oftentimes take, I have a list in Evernote that I use and mm. it's just verses that I'm trying to memorize and I go back to it. The reason I do that is because I'll memorize a verse and I'll know it really well for a week and then I'll forget it. And that drives me crazy because it's in the memory, <laughs> but it's not in like long-term in the memory. memory, but it's not in the memory. <laughs> and I have to do that and go back to it and it really helps kind of refresh things. Um for learning verses on the fly, I love this app. I'm not an app guy, but this app is the best Kinda memory. sounds like you are because you're recommending does. two apps in one podcast. Well, plus Evernote's an app too. So oh. apparently I am an app guy. No, this this app's called Fighterverse. Fighterverse. Nice. Yeah. And it's it's got all these tools for memorizing verses and these, uh, it like removes one word and you recite it and then you go to the next one, it removes two words oh. and you recite it. And it's got these really nice like mnemonic devices and and i don't know if that's the right word uh they have these really cool tools cool my tools friend, rule. my friend pat took a turn <laughs> sorry <laughs> my pat took a t- yeah here we go the pattern an office reference we had to get one in there that's two today okay so hopefully that helps you i found fighterverse to be extremely helpful and it does reminders and all that stuff so mm-hmm. um, i think it's free too awesome. maybe not try it all right and this next one is um, also from a wife, I believe. Uh, I think the first one yes. was from a wife too. So we they're both from wives, wives today. Um, so this is from a, a big fan, young newlywed. Uh, appreciates all of our advice. She has one question concerning sex, and I promise to keep this vague and clean. I was wondering what your advice would be to a wife who loves her husband dearly and does everything she can to please him, yet is unable to be brought to completion. I feel like an old lady saying that. LOL. She says. Uh, by her husband. We have been married over a year and I know sex is a selfless act uh, and I'm more than happy to satisfy his needs. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm left disappointed and a bit depressed because I'm unable to experience this thing that is supposed to be amazing. I tell him that it's not a big deal. So for about a year, we have both given up everything to try to make me feel good. But deep inside, I'm frustrated and feel like it's not fair. I would love your advice and any insight into my situation. Thank you so much. You're looking to me for an answer. (laughs) No, I think we talked about this a little bit more, uh, just you and I personally, and um, we don't want to get graphic here or anything. So we're just, we just want to encourage this this wife to give give yourself and your husband more time um, in the moment. Time in the moment and time in terms of longevity of your marriage. Yes, yes. You don't got to get it right the first year or two even, you know, it's... But I can sense there's, I mean, I, there's I feel like she's got that perspective, yeah. but also yeah. it's like, come on, she wants to figure it out. Right, And that's right. that's okay to be in that place. And right. you know, I know that you're not saying it's not okay. Right. Um, but as far as the mechanics of it, right, I think there's, I, it's, it's impossible to tell like what you've tried and not that we're going right. to give like, we're not that kind of podcast, right? right? And I think there are people that will help. Mm-hmm. I think talking to Sex a therapist. <laughs> yeah, t- I, maybe there's a good one that's like that a doesn't. One. Yeah, that is in light of something right. bigger than just pleasure, right? right. But pleasure right. in light of this gift, right? Yeah. That God's given Absolutely. us. Um, there are actually some really good books. I feel like mm-hmm. that are in the Christian circles about this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, some gals that come to mind. I think Shanti Feldhahn has a. Mm-hmm. I think she might touch on it a little bit. Um, 
Anyway, careful when you Google search this kind of thing. But uh, you know there are Amazon some might good be a books. little safer. I don't know. You could go to um, honestly go to like Lifeway.com. They're Lifeway a solid a Bible yep. bookstore online. Yeah. And they um, just search for sex and like womanhood or like you know anything with sex in it, mm-hmm. and see what comes out of it. And that might begin a rabbit trail for you right. on how not rabbit trail is a bad term, but that might begin a journey yeah. for you on maybe finding more more solutions for that right right. now for us selena i feel like when we first got married so we were 22 no 20 when we got married 21 21 and sex was good because like it was new right and then we kind of hit that plateau where it was good but it wasn't like it was just kind of like a thing Mm -hmm. right it it wasn't like we were always playing the same song together right and then i feel like something changed I don't know when, but it would have been probably after we turned 30. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like nine, 10 years yeah. later, we're starting to actually, and, and I for, remember thinking distinctly, oh, wow, this is getting good. Well, and for <laughs> women, you know, they say sometimes that I think your prime science is, is yeah, your like sex prime is maybe in your thirties. I've heard, um, I think that, you know, you have to consider yourself physiologically and, how you're built, you know, and what feels good and exploring that with your husband is okay. Cause you're married. That's what you get yeah. to do and giving it the time and trying different things and being intentional about it. And I think that if you're doing all those things, we'd encourage you to just keep trying, you know, without exposing too much here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and communicate through it all. Mm-hmm. Talk, 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 and it's talk a mental about game what too, works, what you, doesn't. It's a mental game too. I think if you're trying to just like get there, then it's, <laughs> it's harder, I think, to get there. So we've, so we talked about, um, earlier that sex should never be degrading or bring like, um, yeah, shame or shame or anything into the bedroom. Pain. With that said, I think there are some ways that you can communicate mm-hmm. in the bedroom that are very private mm-hmm. without being degrading or right. using words that aren't glorifying to God, but you can talk about the experience right. and enjoy in it in the experience during the inspe- experience. And, and it does do a lot to, um, it helps you heighten, mentally heighten the experience. Right. And it, I think it, it helps sometimes paint a picture for a woman mentally. And then it's okay to let yourself kind of go there, I think, mm. and mentally experience that. So hopefully that's helpful a little bit without, uh, exposing too much. <laughs> well, we're trying to just be like, here's the really, answer. Yeah. No, really yeah. appreciate the question. She's being vulnerable and she put it out here and, she was keeping it, you know, clean and mm. we're just grateful because you're not the only one that has had those no, questions no. or I'm yeah, sure there's alone. a lot of people that are wondering, how do I experience <clears throat> an orgasm? Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy for and some And we women, are so, trying to bring that whole biblical perspective. Like there shouldn't be a whole, we want to be Christian. I feel like as Christians, we want to be the ones bringing that to truth. the forefront yeah. and the truth associated with that and not just have. It does know, nobody any favors if we it. act like sex isn't a thing. Right. Right. Sex is a thing and it's a great gift from God. Yeah. And uh, now we don't want to overemphasize something that's meant mm-hmm. to be a gift because the giver is the point. Right. right. Jesus is the giver. So we focus on him. Enjoy the gift, but only because you know the giver. Yeah, the and, gift is so much better because you know the giver. Yes. Yes. You're yes. welcome. Well, thank you. So, so if you have any other questions like that, please feel free to text us or call in at 971-333-1120. Uh, we would love to review those and go through some of those. And just a small reminder, if you haven't already subscribed uh, or given us a rating or shared, please do so. It really helps us. It helps everybody else know about us and whether or not they'd mm. like to take a little listen. Yeah. Get this uh, this message out as far and wide as we can. So 
With that said, here's a quick overview, a recap of what we talked about. So we talked about flourishing, what mm. it means to flourish in light of our our identity and purpose as Christians, as people created in God's image, but those called to glorify him mm. as our chief end. So flourishing even in this in the bedroom is possible as long as we understand and recognize society's skewed view of sex and we are able to pull that, push that away, push that to the side and embrace the Bible's view and that sex is good, it's a gift, it's for our flourishing and it has purposes beyond ourselves. Mm. Then we talked about behavioral psychology, how to establish some of these habits that will would help cultivate a a, uh, a flourishing a, a sex flourishing life. Se- thank you life. A flourishing <laughs> sex life and you need ability desire and a trigger or a reminder to create new behaviors and new habits in your marriage and a few markers of a healthy sex life is consistency vulnerability mutual enjoyment mindful intimacy and or presence mm. so our challenge to you was to go and download uh, a new app mm-hmm. to try it and it and it's again we think it'll help you. It's fiercemarriage.com slash lasting. There's a free trial. Make sure you sign up for that. Um, and we th- we think it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. They are friends of ours. Um, and uh, but we wouldn't be talking about it if uh, we didn't believe it in didn't, it. Didn't actually work <laughs> yeah, and help us. Yeah. So um, yeah. With that said, Selena, would you mind um, <laughs> closing us in prayer today? <laughs> God, thank you so much for your design and purpose of sex. I pray that you would help our our minds and our hearts understand the purpose, um, to put the appropriate weight that you've designed and created it for, that we'd hold that that weight in Mm -hmm. our marriage, God, and that you would lead us as you do so patiently and so gently and so lovingly through um, the obstacles that might be making it hard and difficult for Mm -hmm. us to connect and to experience uh, the fullness of of sex in a way yeah. that glorifies you. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you that you've mm. given us this gift. We pray that uh, our conversation has been glorifying to you and brought truth uh, to maybe a gray or dark area and brought light. Mm-hmm. And we love you, God, and thank you for just entrusting us with this podcast. In your name, Amen. Amen. I love what you what you said there in that prayer, and that it is a gift that God, we have a good God who gave us this good gift. There could have been infinite ways to procreate, to enjoy each other in marriage. Mm. And he's given us this, right? He's intentional and orderly. He has given us, yeah, this gift of intimacy and sex with your spouse. So go forth, enjoy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) enjoy. And hopefully this this episode has helped you to that end, all to the ultimate end of glorifying God. So with that, friends, this episode is... In the can. All right. We will see you in seven days. And until then... You're waiting for me. That was, I was waiting for you. Ready? Stay, 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 stay fierce. <laughs> You're like, it's like jumping in the Christmas picture on the office. Like, ready? Do we jump on three or do we stay on three? <laughs> One, two, three. Stay, stay fierce. fierce. That was corny. All right. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>